0: You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish
1: Football Banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 10, episode five. I'm John and we've also got regular Chris, you all right? Hi, back are you? Hi, good, hi. Yeah, I'm doing not bad. Uh, and after his guest appearance last week, we have Scott from Footy Blog Net back on. How are you doing, Scott? I'm good, thanks, yeah. Uh, good to have you back on. Thank you very much. Good to be back on. So, aye. Speculation that a uh, good John's getting poached by a rival podcast, we cannot comment on this. Um, he likes to keep his fingers in different pies everywhere not that much. So, um, yes he will return at some point um, he's not like locked away in anyone's cupboard or anything like that so yeah aye been a busy week though in football so we had the European stuff for men's game and also Glasgow City obviously we had a a double stuff for Aberdeen and St Johnson there's been a few speculations in terms of transfers and whatnot. Um, some stuff that's been breaking tonight but it's actually felt like it's been growing for about a season probably and yeah we've got upcoming European games and whatever's to come domestically as well so may as well kick off uh, going back to that Tuesday.
0: <laughs> so, sorry my dog's coughing so uh, <laughs> that's what you have to say he, he's very quiet I forgot he has got a bit of a cough
1: just now probably the COVID I thought, I thought we had Alan Ruff him. can we always say his own name did you see that joke <laughs> have you seen that joke when it goes about about a dog and it can only say Ruff rough, Ruff rough. aye uh, and then it gets to yeah, and it's, it's... like Jim <laughs> you keep <walking> <laughs> <laughs> Aye, get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good one. That's um, so, why Celtic in Europe. We obviously spoke about it last week. I put out, is it going to be comfortable or not? It's not been very comfortable.
2: Aye, it was. I mean, we got off a fly start. Uh, what I'm looking at. scored before, I and mean, then opened the score in the sixth minute, so. Uh, and it just kind of kicked on for there, to be honest. I never really looked at like any trouble. Um, with, 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 I was slightly concerned that Celtic might be the week off with the uh, a bit of rusty, considering the way they've come on up previously. But I never really showed up. I mean, earlier, this week the night with his goals. But we got the. Did we give Edward the second goal or did we just go in as an OG? It's probably an OG. I don't think Edward did much on it. Uh, he did get his goal eventually just before he came off um, in the second half but uh, good to end of Julian that nah, was you're a your bog standard early round like, uh, kind of fixer for Celtic and I get a I a, a mismatch to be honest um, not too much you can say about it We're, we've been fortunate that um, we've not had any of the issues like some uh, other teams in Europe have had but if you look at the is it Pristina or something the just they've had with the, the, go to the Faroe Islands where they've sent a team up nice. to the Faroes. They've been uh, found to be a couple of them testing positive, so the entire squad has been quarantined. They then sent a second squad that tested negative at home but went to the Faroe Islands and tested positive. Um, they've since returned to home and have tested negative again, but UEFA have ruled that the game has to be determined at some point so the other ones that have forfeited it in the Faroe Islands team up went through to the next game <laughs> sounds a bit dodgy it, to me to be honest
0: The no only always something
2: positive in the Faroes
0: was it Sloven Bratislava did I read or was that is that who the, the, the opponent was uh, was it I thought it was Pristina. was it not it was just
1: the, the, the tweet that I saw it was uh, I'm sure it said Sloven Bratislava which could have been you sent really a message right. earlier, Chris, about young boys due to play their second round championship qualifiers. And UEFA don't decide was it Key versus Slovan Bratislava? The game was called off Friday. Right, so
2: aye, you're right. Um it was Lincoln Vedumps, um, who were playing Pristina, that's what max number two. Um so key right. of the Ferrari was team is Bratislava. Yeah, you're right. I've right, mixed up two different games. So there's been a couple of issues um, around Europe. The the ones, one I just described, Pristina were the ones were having trouble with thinking better. Um, but do, do uh, you think getting back to 15 this? 15 positives in Gibraltar. Now, the Wii teams seem to be benefiting here out of this because if you go to a Wii team and they decide that you're all positive, you can't play them. So you somehow manage to get a bite the next round.
0: <laughs> Well mm-hmm. J Pierre Lowell's gonna use that to his advantage at some point. Oh definitely. I see, see if the Hungarians <laughs> even think about coming. They're getting a positive test. I um, think that game that's... in the last round kind of proves that Celtic shouldn't be in that round. I think I think Scottish team should be qualifying, um, unfortunately. Um but I don't think they'd be, be in that round. I don't think um you know, Celtic have had that kind of disastrous result. In the very first round for a long time, so it just seems as if it's a bit, a bit um, strange that they're still asked to to be in that round. Um, but then, when it comes to seeding in UEFA competitions, I don't think it's all particularly fair anyway. So it just yeah. it was uh, the early goal helped, and I think we discussed whether it'd be nervy, and it was all about attitude, and they seemed to have. The perfect attitude and just dismantled the the opposition that was put in front of them. So, I I think for Neil Lennon, I think he probably prefers to be in that round because of what happened with the COVID situation and getting back into the league afterwards with a win like that. Um, but I think yeah, we, that, that next season they won't be well. Whoever the champions are won't be in that round, am I right? Because we're gonna have two teams. Is it next year that? Yeah, right. So
2: so next season we've got two teams in Champions League qualifying. I think the champions go through uh the it's either the second or the third qualifying round, depending on how else the up of the draw ends up being next year. Um so, so
0: that should be so better. there's always
2: that whole like the title holders are also qualified and that kind of thing. It's yeah. it a bit vague. It's but it's at least the second round for the champions. Um, it could be the third round um, and then of course we'll get the second team as well as well as three teams in the, the other two or two elements, I think next season's the new one comes in
0: yeah the, the new inter Total Cup or whatever it is oh aye. yeah. the European so,
2: Conference the <laughs> European Diddy Cup yeah the, the way that works actually is if the Scottish champions do indeed go through to the third qualifying round, that Guarantees them group stages at some point because even if they lose the third qualifying round, they drop into the Europa League playoff round, and if they lose the Europa League playoff round, they drop into this new tournament in the group stages of it. So, oh, so, so we,
0: guaranteed
2: to so was up it,
0: to Christmas just for so winning the league. Was it Peter Lawwell that came up with that tournament then? I think it was. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be fair, the last couple of seasons, Celtic have got to the third qualifying, and the the Champions League, and then dropped out of that and then won the play round in the, the Europa League. So Europa League might be our level, but obviously we're hoping for are better this year. But first things first, we've got to play first. I think that's Wednesday night. At Celtic Park again, hoping the, the home advantage plays out a bit. Certainly the games itself Celtic have played at home, we've managed to score 11 goals, and the games that we've played away from home this season, we've scored two. So <laughs> a bit of a difference there
1: just noticed that Adam Bogdan that was at Hibbs is there he's the number two keeper mm. but you would still think you should get through this tie i will be a lot
2: trickier than the, the previous round that's for sure um, but you're, you're hopeful again you're hopeful it's it's the home tie um, although it's not the home crowd to back but Celtic there is a the familiarity side of things um, and was a patch better than we do so
1: think it's we'd obviously spoken last week as well about various speculation transfers no one's really talking say Celtic apart um, Duffy maybe but I think that one's it's, maybe off the cards but there's been news it's going into over this
2: week right. uh, uh, so, like so the day the day to day actually started off with a bit of a wind up because everybody spotted Duffy going into a, a plane heading for Scotland well of course they did because Brighton are training up in Scotland this week. <laughs> so he's up with him training. Um but his brother or something was posting the Celtic crest on his Instagram and that seems to make meant people put to the girl and got five as usual. Um I, I, I don't know if the Duffy one's gonna to come to anything. Um certainly there's high hopes for that. And if I are, is being rumoured to go to Liverpool, massive move for him. Um, but then we are that short another defender so we'd certainly don't look at the strength but look at the strength in that position anyway um, so if we're going to lose one from back then, we'd, we'd certainly think we're going to be doing stuff there but all the team all the all the players that we're being linked us at the moment are further up the park um, although I'm just reading somebody suggesting we might be signing Hickey after all from Hearts which would be a, a fullback um, but no all, all the talk today has been about um, the, the returning uh, out for Tundle at level, um, which obviously Celtic so were quite far along the road of signing them last year before they discovered his, his, his dodgy knee, So, obviously since had the, the operation to sort that out, um, doesn't quite look fit yet, um, but it quite a few people don't look fit right at this point in time. Troy um, doesn't look fit, it's probably central, most of the stuff from did good at the weekender. I've uh, also suggestions in, that there's going to be a few more comings and goings with that deal. So Miller will make a couple of loan players at the Celtic. Um another rumour that's still doing the rounds is uh Douglas. Oh, Barry, big, Douglas uh, Barry Douglas from Leeds. Barry Douglas. And that's another one that seems to be popping up on the timelines at the moment. But so a lot of a rumours. Um the rumors, the other rumors and going out a few days ago was uh, Tom Roger.
0: Yeah,
2: Would uh, Qatar. What do you think of that one? See as much as I like Tom Roddick and he's been uh, he certainly scored his uh, first year of big goals for Celtic in his, his time.
1: Let's not mention that.
2: <laughs> I was going to mention like goes against the like, Rangers and come on look and for all he has managed to score some massive goals for the, the late one against Murlow will, will, will stick out in that 4-3 game for me um, that was the game we all thought maybe we can go in the late the season unbeaten um, for all he does that he's injured a hell of a lot it's certainly a lot more recently he's been out more than he's been in um, so if we can get money for him at this point in time it may be better to cash in. Um it's sad it would be to see him go. He's no use to anybody if he's not fit for us. The but thing Boston is, he
0: wasn't, wasn't finishing games before his recent yeah. injuries. So you would yeah, think he now that he's going to be probably less fit. So is he going to, you know, if you're not playing him, then his chances of getting back to a stage where he's going to be playing 65, 70 minutes are going to get Increasingly difficult for him. So I, I think he's a, he's a great player in his day. I think you know Celtic will struggle more in cup finals without him, just because he seem to have that that ability. Yeah. Uh, but you get, I mean, you, I think it's probably best for all all involved. You know, especially if you can get a wad of money for him. Turnbull, I think, would be really good for the Celtic midfield. I think he's. Combative, he gets forward, scores goals, creates assists. Um, really like Turnbull. I think, even though he's not fully fit at the moment, he is the catalyst for everything good. Which it's not a lot for Motherwell this season, but still, I think having Alan Campbell done really well, and I think he's a couple more gears to go up. And I think you know, I think that'd be a really good deal for Celtic, and I can see why they would. If it's correct that they're going to spend three million pounds on him, I can see, I can see that being a a well worth uh, punt for that uh, Duffy I'm never overly convinced with Duffy I saw him when he was young playing for Everton against Motherwell and I, I thought he, was, he, he did well then but I, I don't know if that's the kind of centre-back Celtic need um, if they lose Ireland, they will need to buy two more centre-backs I think they were already needing a centre-back so yeah they need to get two more in there Um and they probably need, with ball and goalie and everything else, I think they need another left-back. So it's, it's interesting because they, they seem to keep going for forwards or attacking players. And you think, well, just look at your squad. You know, If you put everybody's name down in a sheet of paper, one saying goalkeeper, defender, midfielder and attackers, you're going to quickly find out that you need defenders. Um, so I don't understand why they've not moved a bit quicker. Um, but it seems to be Celtic's way, you know, you seem to think, well, well they've actually moved quite well in the, the summer transfer window and then they just stop and you're like, well, no, you, you need to carry on. You need to figure out a player for each position that you need rather than just finding it strengthening in one position or two positions rather than every position that he's strengthened. Um, but, you know, I, I think Turnbull would be a great investment. Um but, yeah, I think two more centre-backs would need to come in if they do lose Ayer. Um, a, a significant one would have to come in, I think, as well, if they lost Ayer, because they've got money to spend. And I think they'd have to reinvest that and bring in somebody who could play from the back as well. Because I think it shows that that's what teams want down south. You know, if you look at Van Dijk, you look at Ayer, they're probably the best two centre-backs that Celtic have had they've paid for in the last decade, I would say. Um, and these are players that are athletic, they're tall, they're very good on the ball, they can come out, they can pass it. And, you know, if that's what teams are looking for, and let's, let's face it, Celtic, when they are, they're buying players, they do think about selling them on at future dates, then you've got to go with what people are looking for. And it, Listen, it helps the Celtic team. You know, if you look at the the weekend result, they were not as could without ire in the team, and a, part, a, a, a big reason for that was that the defence were struggling against
1: the press. Mm-hmm. The other area, is, uh, Celtic's team, might need strengthening is out wide. You look to the game yesterday, so not Saturday evening, and there's a bit of kind of shortage there as well because obviously Christie's playing out wide. I don't think Christie so out playing out wide. Elm you say at the moment, maybe a bit inconsistent. Obviously Forrest was on the bench beyond that. Have they got much else? Mikey Johnson? Mikey is
2: he entered. Uh, he's, he's still injured at the moment, though. But are uh, you right? I mean, because I don't think I don't think Forrest had started particularly well this season. He obviously
0: got dropped at the weekend, though. He's um, one of those players. Chris, he's one of those players for Celtic that the Celtic fans either love him or they can't wait to get him out of the team. It's there's never a I don't think they appreciate the actual consistency that he's had in recent seasons, that they're now just so quick. I know it's not all of them by any stretch, and this is what football fans, you know, there is a fickle core in there. But, you know, I just couldn't believe some of the stuff that I was reading in the last week. You know, they were all delighted. It's a significant number of delighted that he wasn't playing. And you're like, well, you know, and I agree that they probably need somebody else to challenge in those positions. Right? I just thought it was a bit strange. There was there's so many gung ho about drop him, he's not good enough. Like, well, he's, he's always had that though, you're right. It's yeah, like last is, ten uh, years.
2: He's just he's been that kind of guy that if he's not bang on form, he's a guy that everyone's saying he should be dropped already. when he's got a blind spot for him. Um, I would agree that I think Forrest probably played his best spell for Celtic under Rodgers Rodgers seemed to have a knack of getting the best out of him. Um, but even before that, I think whatever Diala did with Forrest, it was it managed to get him to a point that he wasn't as injured as much. Because under Lennon the first time, he's sitting been in the team quite a lot through injury. Diala did something with him that fixed that, and that kept that gave him a bit more consistency, and Rodgers was able to benefit from it. Um, it, may, and, it may just like been goals th- and assists were fantastic under Rodgers. He, he carried
0: that into the, the second Lennon year. The the injury side was just about been him maturing as a person and getting, getting timid uh, I know he was the, the, the medical team were always kind of trying different ways like they told him to change his car at one point and they were doing various <laughs> things because he's, he's a young boy buys a sports car and supposedly that's not very good for your hamstring because um, you're low down and you the way your <laughs> pedals are and stuff I wouldn't I mean, know I've not got a sports car but, <laughs> but you know I, I just wonder if he's maybe matured his whole body's getting kind of matured and, and that's uh, Dial. I think did produce training that probably was more significantly scientific than probably what Lennon was doing um but yeah, I, I've always said that I think a lot of it is because it came up through the academy. I think, and by no means Celtic fans aren't the, the only ones that do this, like Rangers fans are, are terrible for it as well. But they, they seem to turn quicker on people that they've developed. I don't know if it's because they've not spent money on them or whatever. It's like you know the difference that if you see with Forrest and somebody like Patrick Roberts had when he was here. Yeah. They, they seem to give, let him away with a lot more. And uh, yeah, I just
2: I always baffles me. You talk about turning on people. I mean, look at the, the report for right? Tierney the weekend as well. No, oh, yeah, um, exactly. I think that I think that was a very small minority that got uh, at that attitude. I think most people would, would welcome Tierney back. Open arms, <laughs> to be honest. Um but there is that there's still that oh she just stayed for the ten. I think that nags people a lot more than anything. Um but I think Tierney lasted the right time. And um, I don't think for Celtic's perspective, he probably left at a time because we were burning them out.
0: Yeah, and look at Rogic. You know you I mean you could have probably sold him for more two yeah. seasons ago? It's, it's, it's the way footballs work. I don't think he was chomping at the bit to leave, but when you get a big deal, you're, you know, the Premier League is a is a big draw for for, for Scottish players that play in Scotland and things like that people want to test themselves in the higher, the mm-hmm. higher level. Um, it's not that they wants to leave Celtic. If Celtic were in the Premier League, I don't think he would have left Celtic. But that's an option. So, you've got to you've got to look at options when they become available to
1: you. Um, it's one of those as well. Fans always say, oh, if I was playing for the club, there's no yeah. way I would leave, no way I would leave. And They're quick to criticise. We'll come on to later on when we talk about the Ross McClory going from Rangers to Aberdeen, but um, there
0: were well, a few interesting comments on like, about that. I always say to people when I meet them and the, we're talking about football, you, you, they'll usually be a Rangers or Celtic fan if I'm in Glasgow, and I'll say to them, listen, if you, so say, say they were a Rangers fan, I said, say if you were offered £10,000 more to play for Celtic than you were a Rangers, would you say for Celtic? I'd always get a judge people on that, because if they say, no, it's a go-, a go to Rachel's no matter what, well, why? Because clearly they don't value the same. It's a career at the end of the day. You've got a family to, to think of, this, that, and the next thing. You, that that you with know, If it's something, a significant amount of money, if it was maybe a couple of grand or a couple of hundred pounds, Totally get it, right? You play for you play for the shot and all the rest of it. And I said to them, I said I'd join, you know, at the time, I'd like, go to Celtic. And if I scored a goal against Rangers, I know I'd be a Celtic fan for the rest of my life. It's it's as simple as that. You know, you don't think these things through. And I think people just don't understand it. They don't see that it's a, ultimately it's a career. And they're quick to say they're quick to say, listen, I can't believe Tierney I can't believe the went. I can't believe Tierney went. But then put the Jack Henry. They put they pushed about the door. So where's the loyalty in that? You know, it, it, it's crazy. But that, again, that's what football fans are like, and I love them
1: for it. But they are crazy sometimes. I think as well when you talk about that in terms of switching clubs and different things like that, we've had ex ex-pro- professionals on the podcast and stuff like that, and they've said all oh, grown up, I supported say Celtic for example, but then once you played for a different team and you maybe been there for ten years, or whatever. Well, the one that I heard in that team as a younger, I, I understand.
0: The one I helped was the David Robertson one. And it was just yeah. it was circumstance, and he would have stayed if they, if they bought my car. Bought my car, and, yes. Yeah. It's a high. <laughs> and he went to, to Angels. He thought it was a dreamland because of who he was playing with and all the rest of it, and he felt more valued. That's what happens. It's like any other job. If you don't feel you're get yeah, you're valued at, at your job, but somebody else goes, "By the way, why do you come here?" You think, well, actually this person could do me a load of good. You you move jobs.
1: It's it's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, last line in terms of talking about Celtic in terms of Europe. Last week we we're obviously speaking about the center back issue, near beaten, no rated. Not not and then he's <laughs> he's committed. I think maybe Neil Wynn has listening to the podcast, he's trying to prove a point. Listen,
2: like, Beaton has has been solid again. Um, my my concern with Beaton is he'll put in a performance where he's the complete opposite of solid Um, but that's the kind of one maybe two out of ten games he plays at the back most of the games he plays at the back he's great he's the kind of guy you can rely on to come in at a minute's notice when they're struggling for players He's a good squad player. It always sounds like an insult that, when you say that about a player, but actually, he, he is a good squad player because he's fundamentally a midfielder, but he is really useful. You can put him in the back air if you need yeah.
1: maybe, him. Maybe if you do end up reverting to a three at the back, he has an option in there, I think. Huh? Definitely. So, it's not a way to ask <laughs> that, no. So I think comfortable on Wednesday. Three 0 as much as that. I I don't know
0: if it'll we'll be comfortable. I don't. I, I no. Think, but then I said that last week, and look what happened. I think, from what I know, um, it I think they're a very good technical side. Celtic, but are pretty much every Scottish team at this kind of stage can be kind of prevalent a wee slip up here and there so uh, I'll say 2-0 or 2-1 for Celtic Aye I was thinking kind of 2-1 myself
2: I think they've been they've been tough to beat even last season when they were in the Europa League they were tough to beat so um, I think we'll we'll get through but that'll be tight
1: And then Aberdeen found out that they will play Urunovic from the Faroes so first time we'll have played a team from the Faroes in competitive action after they beat Barrytown 5-1 which maybe to some is a surprise I think I think we maybe it's better now you Battle of Britain type tie or maybe some folk might call it the Sheepshaggers derby um, but uh, aye <laughs> I... <laughs> um, I wish you'd got that
0: now
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I, I,
1: uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll be better playing a team from the Faroes hopefully uh, and I'm glad as opposed to Celtic who came back um, straight to European tie I wouldn't have fancied coming straight back to European tie after us having about a, a three week break I don't think that would have been good So yeah I think I
0: think Celtic and Aberdeen are very different in that aspect of I think it suited Celtic more Um and it suited Aberdeen more to play just back into the Premiership. I think if I think Celtic would have found it harder if they went straight back into a Premiership game um, than Europe, and vice versa for Aberdeen. I think they would have, they would have found it harder if they went straight into Europe. The thing is, the Aberdeen for Aberdeen, it's a kind of no win situation, and it's a bit like Comanic last last year. It's a bit like well, it's a banana skin. And it doesn't matter if you beat them. Nobody, you're know, you're expected to beat them. It's a, it's a really, it's a really tough kind of mental challenge. I think more than anything else to, to to get yourself up for this game and then just make sure you don't lose it. It's a kind of then you know, this team this will be the biggest game. So I, I don't envy Aberdeen that kind of you know to build yourself up to it and make sure you don't lose to the minerals. but um, Again,
1: if they score early, then they'll probably start, you know, they'll get a couple, I think. But yeah, Something that's different as well is we're, we've been used to the last few seasons obviously playing European football before we played domestic football. So much as we have had a, a break, um, we have at least played three games domestically against decent opposition as well. Um,
0: I, I think, Jordan it worked out for you is that you played Thursday, Sunday, and then Thursday again. I think that, that we slip-up with the COVID things actually kind of worked out that you're ready for that that kind of game again on a Thursday
1: night yeah you talk to players and most players say I'm trying to think what I was watching the other day one of the games and someone was getting interviewed afterwards and it was like players want to be playing games they'd yeah. rather be doing that than having to train um, so I think yeah it'll work out well that way get the games coming Hopefully, you build confidence as well. We've had a couple of wins, obviously. Um, maybe performances haven't been particularly great. Win again here, and then we've got game against Hibs at uh, the weekend, which will be a tough game, but looking at Hibs yesterday, they weren't great. And I think maybe there will be a couple of games that have not been great, but they're winning games, um, even when they're not playing great, a bit like ourselves. So. Aye, I'm on to talk a wee bit more anyway, but uh, the Aberdeen St. Jonathan game itself... Oh my God! I've seen I've seen some games last year that I thought involving us would get football stopped. It, uh, it was it was not pretty on the eye. Uh, it made your, your eyes bleed a wee bit. However, saying that, yeah, we got a clean sheet. We got the win. After all, it's been grown. But yeah, the style of play again just is frustrating. Um, there were some positives, though. Obviously, McCrory last week, it would have been last Monday that deal kind of went through light on. Um, so, I think after the podcast had finished, I was kind of looking and there'd been the speculation. And then about 10 to midnight, it was confirmed. So, he's, he's on loan, but it's going to turn into a four year deal. I'm assuming they he'll not be able to play against Rangers in games this season. Because there was a bit of debate online about whether that is a, a kind of gentleman's agreement between clubs or whether it's an actual rule set by the league.
2: So, Good question. I don't. I don't think it's a rule. Um So if it is, it can, it's often written into the loan.
0: Yeah, um,
2: deal. But if if this one is a loan deal with already confirmed you're going to buy them at the end of it, kind of deal. It might not be written into that. Although yeah. if I was Rangers, I would certainly make sure it was.
1: <laughs> I well, there was some talk that that's why Hibs weren't well, like pulled out the deal. I suppose I pulled out the deal because they weren't happy about Rangers saying no. Well, no. He can't kind of play again, just get nothing. Um, but I we'll wait and see. I've not seen anything confirmed about it. Um, so I we'll need to wait and see what happens next time we play Rangers. I would imagine
0: it'll be written in the contract. And I think that's fair enough because Rangers have obviously went, well, here you go. Have them for the year. You then have to buy them next summer when you've got a wee bit more money behind you. So I think it's a kind of goodwill for both teams. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't surprise you if there's a bit of a gentleman's agreement behind it. In the sense that you know, they're forgoing a transfer for a, a year, and then at, at the same time, well, he won't play against Rangers. And I think I think he's a very smart signing. I think he's very good on the ball. I think he, again he can play centre back, right back, centre mid. I'll be interested to see where Derek McInnes plays a more regularly. I, th- I think he's. I think he's probably for me. I, I would play him at centre back, but. I know a lot of people liked him in the defensive midfield position. He, he did. I don't think he let Rangers down particularly in that position. When I saw him in, in there, he's a good pass. He's a very good engine. Um, but I think he could do well at centre back with those attributes as well. Um, and yeah. you know, there seems to be a, a few midfielders uh, that McInnes can call upon at Aberdeen. So. I, if it, me personally, I would I would say I would play him at centre back. But um, yeah, I, I think he will probably be written in his contract that he won't play against Rangers this season. But I don't think that will really matter to Aberdeen in the long run if he signs a four year deal, because I think they'll get a good player who will sell for a decent bit of
1: money in two seasons' time. I well, you're speaking about him being able to play right back, centre back, defensive. But he's already played all three positions in the space of two games. Um, so he's played right back. He's played defensive mid. He's played centre back, whether it be part of a two or part of a three. I quite liked him playing at centre back on yesterday. In Sunday, days. aye. Um, in terms of he's composed. He brings a ball out the back. He's not afraid to to do that. Whereas our other defenders. McKenna, I'm never. I don't really ever trust him coming out the back. He can sometimes do it, but I'm I'm never overly convinced. Taylor. As thankfully I would say cut that part of his game out, in his first spell at the club he used to be prone to like a wee wander I think now he's been told just defend and since Taylor's come back in his second spell I think Taylor's been really good probably I would say last year our best defender um, better than what McKenna was, so yeah I'll be interested to see what happens with McCrory as well because I was talking briefly to Scott before the podcast went on air I think part of our problem this season at Aberdeen is we've bit too big a squad which means that there's a bit too much or he'll play a different team against St Johnson or Lovey, depending on how the game is, as opposed to like let's just have our style of play and, and go for it. Um and see what happens. So I think he'll I think he'll probably play either centre back or midfield, depending on who we're playing. I would imagine maybe the likes are if we're playing Celtic, you know, maybe step into the midfield. Yeah. yeah. Um right back, I don't think he will play as much long term because we've got Hernandez and Logan Um, but yeah brilliant signing the type of signing that we should be making John Scottish wants to prove himself the good thing is he wanted to leave Rangers as opposed to anything else I think Rangers would have been happy keep him there as a squad player of sorts or whatever and and see what happens Um, he's been he's had a good reaction from the fans as well like much as I think the first time since 1969 we've signed a player direct from Rangers there's, I've not seen really any issue um, online in terms of any grievances about that. Um, yeah, terrific. I think really terrific signing, and he's been really impressive in the first couple of games. Um, and then we obviously got the addition of Marley Watkins as well, because striker wise we're, we're short. Now again, There's now got an injury as well, who was an option in terms of playing up front. And yeah, he kept a clean sheet and a wee bit of positivity for what. Only bit of positivity to play in the game. Hedges had it on it for a run at someone, got a lucky deflection I but scored, got to win. It. And I think It probably told a lot in terms of the end of the game, kind getting all the players together in a, almost a, a huddle of sorts and saying, I like our backs against the wall, but you've got to win three points against a team that we generally struggle against St Johnson. I think most teams, you go back to Demet Park, it's never an easy game. Um, St Johnson don't tend to kind of change their style much I know this year under Davidson they're kind of playing 3-4-3 three, three, but they've still got that same aggressiveness and yeah awkwardness to play against and we do struggle against teams that are sitting a bit more um, so
0: and I think I think for Aberdeen the most important thing is getting the wins I know Aberdeen fans will want them to play better and they should be playing better as the season goes on but after they kind of kick of the balls the 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 pandemic stuff and all the rest of it, I think people were expecting a kind of backlash in terms of maybe St George's picking themselves up or Aberdeen being a bit sorry for themselves. So I like to to get the two wins, clean sheet in the first game as well, uh, to get the two new signings some minutes on the pitch. I think it's, to be honest, if I, if I was an Aberdeen fan, I would only be looking at the positives. Um, of those two games and just carrying on and hopefully get a result in Europe this week, and then just pick it up and start improving as, as as you start getting a bit more fitter and get a bit more minutes under everybody's belt, and then start imposing yourself. Now whether McInnes can do that and whether McInnes can can stop kind of playing to other teams rather than getting the best out of his own players, that's a question that still remains at to be answered. But at the moment, I don't think he needs that because I think it's just get A foundation of results and start then start worrying about you know getting your, your performances a bit better, Aye, Because that's as exactly we
1: did on Thursday, is, and we spoke about this last week. because he he's too quick to change his tactics depending on our team? So he went three at the back at the start of the game, it wasn't working out, switched to four at the back, and we did play a bit better in the second half um, against St Johnson. So, aye, we'll, we'll see what comes. Um, but again, if we were like not playing particularly great, winning games, we ended up winning a trophy, would folk complain? Probably not as much. And not so, so we'll see. Yeah. but we'll move on we'll come on to a little bit later on in a bit more detail. Um Friday, night, did you get a chance to catch uh, Glasgow City tie? How much of it? I've seen the best, but <laughs>
2: I seen the one. <laughs> it was about um I I know we didn't expect Glasgow City to do much, um, given everything that's gone against them and the fact that Wolfsburg are such a a, a big name in women's football anyway and it was basically seven massive names in Glasgow City in the last day um, but I don't think anybody's expecting such a such a big defeat as they got
1: um, yeah, but yeah the,
2: the the one's a great goal
1: I think I think they put it into context when you see I Wolfsburg have got a budget of 10 million a season which Aye, would, something like that which, which would dwarf at the yeah. men's teams in our league yeah. Never mind Glasgow City um, and the budget that they have when you consider they're having to get help to go over there to play the game. I think yeah. I think that the main thing is, I think it would
0: have been probably a closer result, maybe not substantially closer, but closer nonetheless had the authorities given Glasgow City a wee bit more kind of help in terms of providing some sort of opponents, letting them train a wee bit more earlier. And things like that. I think, you know, I, I think they were they were always on a heading to nothing. I think there was just no real preparation other than their own, which I'm sure was was, was great. But I don't think you know, enough help was given. Um, I, you know, obviously the goal was fantastic. Um, I think for them, it's just a case of right, okay, dust themselves down and
1: show them again next season that they can get to the same stage. Yeah, I think Scott Booth mentioned oh, it would be kind of tough because I think they might be your only part-time team that are in the quarterfinals. I think all the rest are full-time professional and yeah, get more difficult. But yeah, as you say, in terms of getting help, in terms of playing games, I think they only managed to play one friendly before it. And they obviously not played for about five months. There was a few new players in as well, so that takes time to integrate them as well. But credit, I think credit in the first place is getting to the quarterfinals That's a massive achievement, especially for the club that stands alone and doesn't have any support from an established Rangers or Celtic, etc. So that's the main thing. But as I think Leanne Crichton says, it hopefully inspires them to kinda of get back there and hopefully try and go one step further again in the future. So um, and they finally had their fixtures announced for the, the season. Starts think eighteenth to October, mid October.
2: Yes, yeah, same as the uh, the war leagues, um, and the Champions League city open and how they should have opened the previous, or how they did open, um, the now cancelled season. They're opening against Celtic, so that was the one game that was played from the the 2020 summer season, which is now 2020 2021 winter season. Um, so I um, guess I'm looking forward to that as well, and we'll see how that pans out over the, the course of the, the
0: coming months. Again, these the, the authorities need to help specifically. You know, they've done their best for the premiership teams and that's brilliant, but they need to find out ways of letting supporters in for the lower league teams, the women's teams, and things like that, because that's where they generate even you know, the bulk of their income and that's what they, they, they need. They, they need that to survive. And, you know, I think the SF, S F S SFA and SPFL and, you know, other organisations have let these teams down because they've simply not briefed them well, you know, as well as they should be. Case in point, we talked about last week, you know, hearts, you know, they've decided, oh, you could, now you can't, now you can. You know, the training fiasco, and it's like, but that was all up and down the country, you know, you hear people from certain, you know, junior or west of scotland leagues saying they had no idea they, would, they were given nothing they were just told you could train in this day that was pretty much it you know they had some regulations and then three days later they were given another email with further regulations or, or change they changed the regulations of what they could do and what they couldn't do and stuff and you're like you've got to have something in place make it consistent and you've got to find out how you're going to help this, these clubs generate money. And obviously the best way of doing that is to bring fans back. And you can probably do it at that level where they can be spaced out. They're not having to be seats. It's not all seaters. They can be separated around the whole ground and a few places, a few bits in you know, the hospitality and stuff. I just don't think that they're giving enough uh, help sometimes. Again, it's it's crazy.
1: It would make more sense to trial it at that level as opposed to the, the top level. Yeah,
0: I think that yeah. as well. You've thought, you know, the, the higher up level, they've been allowed to go back early, they've got TV, they can sell their own rights for, for season tickets and everything else. So the, these smaller teams can't generate that same revenue because, you know, look at the problems the premiership teams have had when it comes to doing their own... Uh, football covering their own streaming and in in football, um, the service probably can't do any more for, for for certain teams. That you know maybe Hearts and a few other teams, part of this and stuff they can, but most of them won't be able to. Um, and there's no there's no real great pot of money for TV. So you've got to to look at ways that you can improve. And, you know, to pilot these sort of schemes just makes so much more sense to me for,
1: for that level. Just one thing, I want to yeah, mention Glasgow City, just going back quickly. Um, they're going to have women's games, I think, are going to be streamed on BBC Portland online. Yeah. One game a week on a Sunday, which is good. So. Which
0: is perfect, but if I'm being honest, will they get really what they deserve money-wise from that? Probably not.
1: At least it's a start, I suppose. Yeah. Um,
0: If it wasn't for the pandemic, that sort of club, Glasgow City would be right for somebody to to actually do something and become a kind of maverick and go, right, I'm going to put my money into this team, try and make them full time, try and build up the culture in Scotland for for the women's game. Because you see it it happens, it's happened in Europe, it's happened in North America uh, you know, it, it could happen. You know, it's starting to happen down south. You know, I, I, unfortunately, you know, you can never plan for a, a global pandemic. Certainly not uh, in our country. Um, but you know, I, I'd have loved to have seen somebody stepping up, and making a bit more um, of a kind of effort financially to help a club like that. Because I think they would have got so much reward from that just to see a, a club. Growing in
1: stature throughout Europe. I know long term they do have plans to try and get their own facilities in terms of stadium, because so obviously they play at Peter Cell, so maybe it's just that they would rather keep things within themselves kind of thing, as opposed to getting investors in from outside. I think that's possibly, part that's possibly, part of our story and they're quite proud of that. So. But
0: yeah. if you get if you get the right investor, you know you then you could still keep that, you know. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about yeah. somebody who's into, interested in the community and interested in actually building on the foundations that are already there. Um, which isn't, listen, it's not easy. I mean, it's, these people don't grow on trees. I, I understand that. I just, if I have, if I won the lottery, or the Euro Millions or something, it's probably the team that I'd be looking at to actually give a, a wee bit more money to um, in that aspect because. You know, I, I think they do a great amount for the community and for the women's game. And I think, you know, for Scottish football, they've been probably one of the biggest highlights
1: in the last ten years. Have you had much uh, in terms of working with them at all in the media side of things?
0: No. Um, very early on, I was I was doing a kind of small documentary type thing that kind of went by the wayside because the person I was doing it with. Um, just wasn't the person I, I really wanted to be dealing with um, which is a shame because the team were fantastic and uh, really were proud of what they were doing and you know, it's a shame that that story didn't get told at that, at that moment in time because that would have been what, 2011, 2012 so that would have been right early on um, so uh, I, I've not had the time that I could Really dedicated to doing do more, um, but you know I wish I did. And you know they are quite smart now with their their online stuff. Anyway, um, so I want to tread an anybody's toes in that aspect. But no, I, 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 there was something way back in the past that just unfortunately
1: didn't kind of turn into fruition. I seen this bell going back today. The lower leagues, I think, you posted this about Camelon Juniors as well. And there's a yeah, another ridiculous fire. vandalism at these types of grounds. There's been too many of them recently. Far too many. One's enough. Well, one, aye, one's enough. It shouldn't be any. But um,
2: well, I, aye, what, uh, One's an accident. The, the, the number of, has been recently. You start to wonder if people are actually targeting them. And
0: well, the, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I, I write for um, Scottish supporters, uh, direct, and I covered. Yeah, I covered the story earlier on in the month, and it, there is too too many of them. You know, there's somebody, Was it um, a broth? They got their pitch spray painted. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh Clan uh, Cairn, Maryhill, four times. Um, I did a, a video with them last last season. You know, they all that club is all about the community. They have volunteers that saved that club from going extinct. And then, you know, and, and, and a lot of these football clubs, what they don't understand, and I do thankfully because of of what I do as a job um, with the supporters direct Scotland, is the amount of work that these clubs do with the community, and it's so much better though for the whole of Scottish football. But you think of junior teams, or the rest of Scotland, the East Scotland Highland teams, whatever. Um, these teams have such a, a bond with the community. You know, when the, the pandemic struck, they were putting in any money that they had, or creating face masks, um, delivering food parcels, um, delivering um, things for kids like colouring in pens and activities for kids and um, doing stuff to make sure that they were still doing their training and they would get videos of the kids doing training and everything else. They give so much back to the community and the community doing so much for them and then you've got the minority of jobs who have got nothing better to do with a Saturday night. They'll get drunk and then just see that this thing's lying empty and start demolishing tea rooms and
1: put glass on pitches and stuff, it's disgraceful. You used to love out that way as well, didn't you Chris It Came yeah, came on?
2: <laughs> I've not talked too much about game one to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of my lesson good experiences on that decade of to be honest.
1: I <clears throat> I mean I see it myself as well, obviously falling to in terms of the work that they do in the community and Massive for the, the village as well. Um, especially as an old mining village and working cl- proper working class. The, the football is everything. And the, the club do as much for the fans as what the fans do for the club. It's a two-way thing, which I don't think you get so much at the higher level. I think you are maybe seen a wee bit more in terms of clubs listening to fans at the likes of Premiership level and things like that, and which is good. But yeah, um, the community aspect and in lower leagues especially and lower leagues is massive so anything that can be done to help any of them um, help I've not seen anything in terms of like a GoFundMe or just giving you it or anything like that I don't know whether there's anything like that but if there is um, then make sure we get involved and, and help out these clubs not? Uh, so we'll move on the weekend action the big news maybe at the weekend was probably about 10-2 Mirella is not even in the Rangers squad
2: I, I think.
0: Not sure what's going on though. Listen, I, I think he will be off in the summer, but I think that that was always probably the plan. I, I understand why his head has been turned. I understand why he would be quite quick to leave Scotland if it, if there a good opportunity arose for him. Um, I think clearly. Stephen Gerrard's using this as a kick up the backside or to kind of start the process of what it's going to be like without him. Um, I, you know, I've seen Stephen Naismith in sports scene talking about, oh, just get rid of him and, you know, take the money. He's obviously not there anymore in your lip like, well. I remember in the 90s during Rangers the row campaign when Andy Gorham was put up for sale and it was because his mind, you know, had gone wonders and he was partying too much and Walter Smith decided that's it, you're leaving and he was still there about four years later or something. So, you know, I, I do wonder sometimes with Morales he just gets a lot of more stick both from the media and from former pundits than anybody else Celtic fans give him a lot of stick and I get it Right, he's not scored against Celtic doesn't look as if he's ever going to score against Celtic so that's football fans that's rivalry 100% get it as long as it doesn't become racist and I've not seen it personally it probably has happened but I've not seen it personally with Celtic fans then, brilliant, that's what football's all about and that's the, the best thing about football. But see when it starts to be in the media and they start p- producing, you know, Keith Jackson said today, oh, this has been, Gerrard's had this problem right from the start. Like, well, what, what's been the problem right from the start? He's been a top goal scorer. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not that big a problem. And he's not had his head turned it's probably as significantly as this at all, you know. It, it, it's crazy, you know. Sometimes it then filters through into the Rangers' fan psyche and he put a post, I think it was at two o'clock or half two or something, and sometimes Saturday afternoon, put a post of his daughter. Some sort of um spiel about, you know, how he's made, how she's made his life a whole lot better and this, that, and the next thing. And then in his Instagram feed, you've got all these fans saying, why are you not at Ibrox? You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, in, putting anything on Instagram while Rangers are playing. Like, what are you talking about? You know I mean? Sure. If he if he was maybe in a Leo strip and he was on his way to watch Leo play or do something, yeah, fair enough, have a him. But if he's posting a picture of his, his kid, his wee baby to you know I, mean? I, I, I honestly just don't understand it now. Maybe he should he should be a bit more wise to it. But it's just it's just craziness. Um do I we think post- no, social to- media
2: imagine posting on social media while your colleagues are working away I just noticed John's posted up his latest <laughs> blog post on his podcast
1: <laughs> do we think there's a danger though in terms of the way the situation has been managed by Rangers that they're not going to get as much for them as what they were originally going to potentially get No. Yeah. should it not have been maybe dealt with internally it, like the, Gerard sometimes I think and this is where he's kind of still learn as a manager is he's Maybe a wee bit too quick to tell the media too much information. I think I'll, it's I'll one of those things. I okay if he's left out. Yep, he's left out. But he doesn't need to tell the media why that Morales doesn't focus and all that. But since the start of the season, there's been speculation from every every man in this dog in Scotland that Morellas isn't he quite right and he probably does want to get away. I don't, but I don't maybe, think- maybe Morelos Morelos Morel strikes me as the type of guy that needs a wee arm around him to say you're you're the man you, you're brilliant which is fine he's a he's top goal scorer there's been talk about the way he's been managed in terms of Gerrard's you know, maybe had to go to the board and say oh I, I disciplinary thing. he had to deal with and all that type of thing but you can overlook it because he is your top goal scorer he, he is an asset he's a major asset for Rangers when he plays I would
0: imagine Stephen Gerrard has done that. I think the the only reason Stephen Gerrard's now it, it, it's obviously hit a point for him where he's wanting to get some. He's trying to change the reaction. He's maybe had that arm around his shoulder for, for the last you know six months of football at certain times, and you know since it's under the year, he probably hasn't been scoring as much. So maybe he's thought, well, I've got to try and change the the psyche. I don't think it's going to impact on his transfer fee um, greatly. I think, from what I'm led to believe, Leo offered fifteen million plus kind of bonuses uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't see that going down. I think Rangers would do a deal if it was maybe seventeen million, and maybe Rangers might may have been hoping for twenty million before all this. But I don't think I don't think that was ever probably going to happen. Um it's just depending on whether who's interested, if you are still interested, who knows, because they've signed somebody else now. Um they still have a bit of money, so maybe they are. Um or maybe you're trying to get a few teams in the Premier League to kind of sniff them out. There's been talk about Milan at some stage. Um I don't I don't think it will. I, I think in terms of what people are looking at are they not looking at goals more than anything else um, possibly the only thing that oh, would decrease his value I don't think this would be it it would be looking at his yellow red card situation I don't think I, I think Gerrard's just probably trying to get something else out of him if he's going to stay here and if he's not then he's you know he's already going to be leaving anyway so it wouldn't surprise me if there was a, a deal in the offing um, and Stephen Gerrard's just trying to find, figure a way of Dropping them and putting these two new players in. I think if you want Morelos in your team, you already know
2: roughly what you're getting in terms of the goals, but in terms of the problems that come with them at times, um, they've you've obviously seen how Gerard managed to get my knuckle down last season, so you know that he can be moulded into a player that will channel his his mentality in the right way instead of in the wrong way. Um, so you, th- there's certainly the basis of a a really good player there for somebody. Um, the fact that he is very rapidly losing all the stock he had at Rangers for Rangers, doesn't really matter if you're going to buy him. You're still going to want him as much as he did previously. Rangers are still going to try and get as much money as they can for him. So I don't think this particular latest incident will dramatically change anything in terms of transfer fees or where they might go Um, it might help as you say it might help smooth over life after Morelos the Rangers um, in terms of both the team and the fans but other than that I don't think I don't think having a wee weekend off is going to make too much difference I think it's again it wouldn't surprise me if he comes back into the team in the next game and bangs on a hat-trick
1: I think no, his card is marked anyway, Manitin and Ruth were signed. I don't believe that they were signed to be yeah. there alone with Morelos.
2: Yeah, but, Rangers are planning for the future, and that's been pretty clear all summer.
1: But I don't think,
0: I don't think that is gone without him knowing either. I think that this is always the, the end scenario. I think the yeah. end game when it comes to Morelos was decided between Rangers and his representatives, and he's been in the know that this was probably the summer, as long as they got a really good bid for him, that he was going to be allowed to leave. I think that was, you know, I, I don't think he's, you know, expecting anything else. I don't think Rangers were expecting anything else. I think it was all kind of in some sort of agreement that this was always going to happen. The issue they
1: might get, though, is whether there's any other confirmed interest from clubs apart from
0: league. Yeah, it's it's still quite early, transfer-wise, for other leagues. Um, and they'll be jostling around. People will be looking at, at these other things. Uh, I saw Edward was linked with Aston Villa for £30 million. Um So if somebody goes after Edward and they say, "No, oh, it's too much money, they might then look at Morelos. Totally different kinds of players, so you'd think that they wouldn't do that, but you can never tell with certain football teams. Um, so it just depends, I think, on who's looking for who and, and what positions are looking to fill first. Um, but I, I, I think I, I don't think you will see the end of the window as a Rangers player. And if he does, then I think that's going to surprise him and Rangers, as I say, because I think the end up was that the, they were going to try and sell him this this summer. Um I just feel as if sometimes the media have really been truly biased against them for some sort of vendetta that I just cannot work out or understand. Um, It's just, as I say, it's just bizarre. Some of the statements, you know, some some of it will, you know, it's a bit like Donald Trump. Some of them will come up with a bit of truth, but then be exaggerated or have a whole load of untruths with it. And you think, well, that crumb of truth doesn't mean that you're all, all your mistakes. It's like, you know, everybody talks about certainness and indis- you know, well-disciplined it's, it's and all the rest of it. But they don't also qualify it by saying, but this is why he's in the team because he scores all the goals. So you know, you can't paint your picture when you're talking about a football. You've got to paint the whole picture. Um, so, but listen, let's talk about the game because. Um, Rangers actually um, looked as if they were missing them for the first half um, and then the second half Ruth put away his chance Um
1: Ruffey Ruffy,
0: Ruffy, Ruffey
1: Ruth? <laughs> you can't even be talking about Ruffey's
0: <laughs>
1: uh, it's not a high over
0: whatever Mr Bell calls him um, it was a very good chance. But again, are Rangers too dependent on Barisic and Kent? I think they were, again, the two best players in the park, Rangers. Again, it's, they seem to be the only ones that are really able to produce something. Um, and, you know, it, it seems very strange. But then I suppose before that it was Tavenier on the right the right wing backs, that slot that was creating a lot of their chances. But they do seem to be very heavily dependent on their full backs. And now Kent's obviously... The good thing about Ryan Kent so far this season is that he's wanting the ball and he's wanting to attack the defenders. He's wanting to get shots away. Um, Took his goal well, uh, as did Ruth with the opener. Um, So I I think the second half performance, the way they lined up in the second half is what Gerard sees long term. Um, Maybe not that personnel. He he always seems to like a chop and a change. When it comes to personnel, but I think that's how he sees his team lining up in the long term.
2: I think the two of them were unlucky before the, the goals came on as well because in the first half, Kent had a, a, pulled off a, a, a great save at the keeper, um, and then uh, was it was Roth that, uh, that had the, the <laughs>
0: effort come back off the post. Yes, Ruth had, were off the post, and I yeah. should apologise to Darryl Rogers because I slated him last week, but he did have a very different game. I guess especially in the first half, so I should highlight his couple of good saves in that half.
1: Yeah. I had the one as well. He almost got caught by Stephen Davis. I think that was a cross or a shot. Uh,
0: probably cross.
2: You came with the shot.
1: They <laughs> <You> always do. <laughs> um Barker came in as well and got praised, but I seen online from a lot of Rangers fans saying that he played well and was pretty positive. So never know, maybe there's still a a place for them.
2: It's hard to be critical at Rangers at the moment because other than not scoring against Livingston, they're getting goals in games and They're not conceding. They're, they just haven't conceded a goal yet. Um, so they're picking up almost maximum points so far and it's pretty flawless at the moment.
0: It's funny because we forget sometimes about the they're not conceding because it's not the, the entertaining part of the, of the game but McLaughlin's came in and done done well um, mm-hmm. Barisic and Tavernier have still went forward Golden looks a bit more switched on or switched on for longer um, and you know um, the new boy got injured uh, Balagan Um but Helander. I was always fairly impressed with Holander last, uh, last year I think he reached the game well enough. Um but they've both interchanged and done really well. So i think Gerard will be happy, um, apart from not scoring against Livingston. And, you know, these games will always creep up. Um especially in a season like this. I think it there will be games like that this season. Um so yeah, I think I think Gerard's he he probably be happy. Um Kowarnock do you start worrying? Um, I still think that they, they, they did well. I still think that they they set out a, g- a game plan and, and listened to their manager's instructions. So again, I said this last season about Kowaluk, and it's it's turning out to be the same thing again. Where the goals coming from from And There's a few teams like that this season, but Kowaluk's another one. I, I don't know if the you know if Brophy's had one really good goal scoring season, and he's just not going to be able to
1: continue that. That's yeah. I was surprised that Brophy came in for Kabamba yeah. I, think, I think Rangers defenders would not have liked to have played against Kabamba Where are Brophy's what he's against um, just So I think that's an issue The other thing in terms of Rangers not conceding The other thing on top of that is there are no conceding many chances And that was a big thing oh. last year you, you, Quite often McGregor was making countless saves You're not really seeing that this season So they have tightened up definitely but also as we were looking more effective going forward as well. So there's been a few alterations with Rangers because I think last year they struggled to break down teams that kind of sit in, whereby there was a lot of nice play in and around the box, being patient, and that was rewarded with a goals as well. They weren't just shooting inside or that, they were being clever about their play. And as we've touched on, Kent's been a massive player for them this season. He was someone that I think suffered a bit last season in terms of expectations, a big, big transfer, but as now, maybe, he's had that season ticking off, get it off his shoulders, performing better, but, and he's enjoying his football, definitely. And, but people can't
0: understand why Rangers would reject 10 million for him, when you're saying, well, you've only had him for a season, he doesn't seem to want to leave, and Liverpool must have a sell-on clause, you, you've got to expect, Liverpool got a decent sell-on clause to that, so if, you, if they've got 20%, why would you sell them and then only gain a million pound profit and then have to reinvest? So I can see why they turned down 10 million for them from Leeds. And I think it would have to be significantly higher if they're going to sell them this this transfer window. And I don't think they'd, they'd, they'd be welcoming that kind of bid.
1: Yeah, the only thing from his point of view, you might find that type of attractive if he's got ambitions to get an England set up. I
0: think... I, I think That's his long-term goal, must be he wants to play in the Premier League. I just don't think it's at this juncture. I don't think he's in a rush and probably not in a rush to go to Leeds on their first season back where it could go well or horribly wrong. So I I, I would be surprised if he was to, to leave unless it's for a
1: significantly bigger fee. So, I, do we think Monica are going to start a season then? I think unless
0: they, I think they might, unless they find goals from somewhere. Um, I, I think they'll. I think they'll have enough about them that they 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 won't get relegated. But at the same time, I think they might be in the kind of bottom three places if. if If they don't start gelling a a bit more as a team, I'm still not 100% convinced in the goalkeeper. Um, Broadfoot's getting older. Um, Can you rely on Chris Buck for a full season? He's, what, 36? Um, I think they have got a good midfield with Power and Dicker and stuff, but um, it's, it's all about, you know, this kind the result doesn't doesn't matter. It's about picking up wins elsewhere against teams that they should be picking up results against. Um, and you know, two of their games have been against Rangers and Celtic, but at the same token, they haven't won any of the other games either. So it, they they have to start trying to pick up wins as soon as possible.
1: Move along to the Lantra Derby. What was it? Start the last. Eight games, there's only
0: one home win. Well, I, I should probably apologise to Motherwell fans for predicting that they were going to get the first win of the season because uh, that was obviously quite foolish. Uh, but yeah, no, no home team seems to want to win that, that derby. As I
2: mentioned earlier, it wasn't for want of trying. I think uh, there was a good few chances for Motherwell. In this game certainly turned set with the centre of quite a few of them. Uh, but I found myself up against a decent keeper. Uh, and I think the problem for Motherwell was more at the other end where well, any chance that Hamilton had just looked like uh, the defence couldn't keep
0: injured ends I a not to be honest um, they 17 was... chances Chris Motherwell yeah. 17 and couldn't score that I said last week that's their biggest problem as again I couldn't see where the goals were coming from and I think that's the same with the manager when he brings off all three forwards
1: see in terms of that though I think sometimes chances can be a bit misleading how many good chances that they actually have when they tested the keeper? There was a few in the game. I was
2: sort of mean, few, saying. But there was a few that Turnbull had that were well saved. Um, but at 17 years, you would find at least one of them would want to go um, But I, like I said, I think for all, the like, you're right, Mulewell are struggling to get the goals, but I think they're struggling more at the back. Yeah. I, I, it was a mess. The, the, the goal that Hamilton did get, there was a few before that
0: that, that just... I couldn't believe The ball didn't end up in it. The last it quarter, the defense I think The last quarter of that game, Hamilton just seemed to cut them open at ease, yeah. um, and we're creating. And we are talking about chances. They were creating good chances that Motherwell just weren't able to defend. Um, they should have been able to defend. They weren't able to defend, and uh, you know, you, you look at the the, the eventual winner. The winner
2: itself one, was very simple compared to
0: someone else. But there was only one person that wanted to win that ball. Yeah, and that was that was it, was it was the def- the defender allowed him to run, and then didn't really put in enough of a challenge to stop him from scoring. And that would be a very worrying trait. Um, if I was a Motherwell supporter, I would that I would be absolutely livid with that kind of
1: lack of determination in that corner. It had the warning as well with the previous chance that Dolphin had from the corner. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't correct with it, so it's he, how does he get how does he get so much time and space in the box? Actually, the 6 short box. Yeah, um, there's, there's no organisation
2: at the back,
1: from what I can see. Robinson no. certainly isn't happy. He, he's ah, yeah, I can see isn't <laughs> um, Which obviously looking for a reaction of some sorts. Who's going to step up and who's going to no?
0: Been there but, did, longer? but did he and, kind of intimate that himself when he, he's at, you know if, if they're not going to listen to him they might have to listen to somebody else is that all what he said after the game I'm sure that was a line that I
1: picked up on yeah. I, think, I still think since it took over like last season was the exception as opposed to the norm in terms of them finishing high up the league and doing well uh, aside from that they've not really been that good in the league but Expectations have increased, obviously, with what going on last season. I think,
0: yeah. I think they always, because of their very good social media aspect, they always make more of their players than probably if you look deep down, you know that that they, they are in terms of their signings and the glossy videos and stuff like that. I'm still not convinced with Gallica. Um I, I'm, you know. Their their attacking players really are very unconvincing for me. I think the midfield's fine with, uh, you know, you've got Campbell. But then if you've got Turnbull going, that's another big hole that they have to fill as well as all these other holes that are in the team. It's. I've got to say that it's probably quite a worry. Um, they They aren't conceding, but as Chris said... They're not defended particularly well. You know, Adoro had a a terrible mistake inside his own box. You know, the, the chances flashing across their goal. In the last twenty minutes, all, all you're all over the place. It, I don't think. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think Halton are are out of bother. Um, I still, you know, for, for chunks of that first half, seemed to be all at seed. If they could see the two goals, then that would have been the, the game done. Um, so.
2: But for both of them, it could be long, hard seasons. Yeah, I mean, I said that last week. This was just a typical. Like, all, I it started terribly. This is probably again to pick it up, and sure enough, they pick up that unexpected win. But um, we've just pointed out why maybe it's not that unexpected after all. Um, so how? Do, I mean, nobody's going to expect them to get much in um with the Los Angeles,
0: but. um but but they needed that win before the international yes. break just to get points back on back on the board. Yeah, because if they went they... into
2: that national break with nothing, then it would be a major disappointment for them. Yeah, I'm worried, but with three points on the board now, they're on they stand in good stead. i um, spent yeah. certain with the fact that are then going to Djakut Park uh, on the Sunday, they might even find themselves above the last Rivals from doing So, and this is this
0: is the thing for Mullowal. What happens is they create chances, whether or not they're golden chances or not. doesn't matter. They're building these chances up and missing them. And then that gives the team confidence. And that's what happened. The had confidence in the second half. They started passing the ball. They started controlling a bit more of the game. And we came into the last game of 10, 15 minutes. That's who was dominating the game. And that's who they got the goal. Because they started thinking, well, actually, they've not taken any of their chances. Let's try and take one of those. They did, and that's it. That's it. They've, they've got three points.
2: And a big concern for my level, of course, is playing in Europe this weekend or this week as well. So uh, they're facing Glen Thorn. but are they ready for it? They don't look yeah. ready.
1: Would you be surprised if they lost it? I would not be overlooked. Not at all. I end up being a welcome disruption, though. Maybe. You would hope that
2: it's the thing that kickstarts our season, that they can pick up a good win there and then take that into the, the, the rest of the week. Well, I don't, because I play Celtic next but
0: <laughs> I don't even know. Um, know if that please. would be a welcoming distraction or not, because it wouldn't surprise me if they say they won midweek and then lost again, whoever they are playing after Europe. So probably it's a distraction sure. that they don't need. I know they've played Celtic this weekend, but I mean, if they go through and then get a, you know, because you fancy Celtic to win no matter what the circumstances are. But even the next round, is it, it, and then they do the exact same thing again, or they, they have a good performance in Europe, might not get through, but have a good performance, and then they're not ready for, for the weekend. And then that's then down
1: another few points. We'll see. We'll wait and see. Um, but you called it last week by a beaker. It's in Midden?
0: Yeah, and, he took his goal really well, so I, I was happy that I'd made that prediction. I also said Gardine was doing well at Ross County um, and he had a big thing for both goals. Uh, ultimately, he should have cleared it um, before the Opeka chance came around.
2: Um, I, I think it was rather harsh, that goal, actually, because I think Gardine managed to clear that ball three times and it just kept breaking for some Sometimes it's just going against you. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's, it's just not your day. Um, I thought McAllister was very persistent and really that, that he drove at the Ross County yeah. defence and that kind of created the momentum but yeah, Obika took his chance well, I just hope that he kind of build that confidence I think I think sometimes you look, look at him, he needs that confidence so hopefully a couple of goals um, in the space of a week or so can end, can end, right, okay. right well, now you try and get another one um, but he does have that these traits in his game that would make me think that he can score a few more again because he took it goal really well, didn't panic. Um, he's got a wee bit of pace around him to, to get away from and get a shot off. Um, and I think St Mirren dominated that, that game in the first half in terms of, of the way it went. Um, and then, it, you know, there was one fantastic clearance that they had um, from Tate. Um, that was my favourite part of the weekend, actually. Exactly.
2: That, that was my I love of But That place <laughs> that, in the recent weeks at Richard Tate has given me the best part of the weekend because I loved his diving header a few weeks ago. That should almost be a pick it out
1: moment. Yeah. yeah, almost deserves a pick it out for that. For keeping it, it out. keep it. Out. <laughs> you could just call keep it, it. The, yeah. the Richard Tate Award. <laughs> you know, and
0: unfortunately for him, a defensive partner. Uh, Should I say he deserved his red card? I don't know what, why people don't think that that was a red card. I don't know if either two of you stand in there, it
2: wasn't a red
1: card. Definitely.
2: I for the, the possible line for defence here? I think it's natural movement. I th- he's clearing that ball, and what happens next is his leg comes down on the planted opponent's leg. I,
1: I don't know what else he was supposed to do. Not swing for the ball in the first place. He's not a malicious player, so I don't think it's intentional. But no. unfortunately, the letter of law says he has to go. It's a straight leg.
0: It studs. up it's a and it's high and he's, he caught him. He's caught him high. So I think personally, it was reckless and he didn't have control of what he was doing. And that's the that's the ultimate thing that he's he's kind of get he's he getting set off. I don't think for a minute he meant it. Um, I think it wasn't helped by the fact the referees didn't see it, but it was the fourth official that seemed to have called it. Um, that made it worse for me. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's Is what i
2: Because the referee didn't see it and played it on, and then the fourth official who's further away isn't getting a good look at it. I don't know. I don't know what he was supposed to do, having cleared that ball, because his leg continues to move in a natural way, and it just clatters into the
0: standing leg, which wasn't there a second ago. <laughs> I don't know. I think you can pull your your foot away quicker and maybe not catch catch the the player. Um, but I would probably need to be in that circumstance to know for for a hundred percent. I think yeah. you have to be fully aware of what's around you and how you control yourself in the aftermath. Um, I, I, and I don't. I, 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 you know, he did not mean it. We have to say that it's just by following the letter of the law and because it was so high, because of the planted leg and because of his studs were shown, it's, it's just a red card in my eyes.
1: And Barthes St Mirrener or Bikero up top needs a be bit of help from marias because marias the last two games has had a couple of really good chances each game. If he puts them to bed, St Mirrener probably outside winning that game. Mm-hmm. Though they Is have it, brought in another striker like Christian Dennis who might be more suited to playing beside Obika, because by all accounts from what I've read about him he seems to be the type of guy that you can score goals but not just that run, chase lost causes and all that so maybe do a wee bit of Obika's running and they could potentially develop a nice partnership
0: Well I saw it I saying the, 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 the new forward and I thought well that was part of the reason because my eyes just hasn't kind of being up to speed as much in that aspect. And a Swindon Town fan tweeted me, because I was talking about beaker and he said that he was kind of unlucky there, but always played better in a two up front, whenever he saw him. So it kind of makes sense to go and bring in somebody else who who likes playing with a two. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I think that that's why they've brought in uh, the new strikers—they try and feed off that fact of giving Abikas some more legs for somebody else to do some running for them. And yeah, they've started well, Saint Mirren Seven points, four games. No, I, I've enjoyed watching Saint Mirren I, I, I like the fact that they're diligent, they're compact, they're passing the ball around. Um, and again, I, I like Ross County as well. I like if you're, going to lo- if you're going to lose a man to somebody, you don't want it to be Ross County because they'll stuff blood and they will attack you and they, they were probably attacking you a wee bit before that and then they just went into overdrive uh, after that. Um, uh, so, I think... Yeah, I think they're, they're always going to be competitive but the red card, I think, did change the game, the, the outlook of the game. Yeah, it was very much
2: Ross County used to go back after that red card and they got it eventually, as you say, guarding involved in that as well. Um again it was done as a on goal because it's a couple of deflections it took,
0: but it makes up for the fact that he made
2: such a bad luck at the opening goal, I suppose. And it was. it um, was
0: good play for good play for Randall to keep it in and to get it back yeah. across.
1: Move on to our last game of Saturday, the evening kick-off. Dundee United in Celtic.
2: Uh, you talk about because using that might have been better. A two up front. Um, I have not understood at all why you started the season one up front because we came back for a winter break, went two up front and blew the rest of the league away. And then for some reason we have reverted back to it and we've been having problems. And this game itself turned on its head when we went with two up front because up until that point we were we were okay. Ryan Christie baby troubled the goalkeeper a couple of times for long range but other than that we weren't really doing great Dundee United were getting praised for being solid and being well organised but I don't think we were troubling them enough and I I really think that when we switched to the two up front that made all the difference and it's borne out by the fact that Edwards and Man holds the ball up for a United to fire it into the net the, the only goal in the game um, and he only played, but yeah, guess he came on with like 15 minutes to go, so we looked far more dangerous with two up front, which, as I say, I think we've been trying we've been out for. I hope we continue that now,
1: it's it's proved it's the difference in this game, but we'll wait and see. Horace was pretty effective though, coming off the bench, had a good bit of energy, I thought, as well.
2: I don't think it changed all that much. To be honest, I think Elianissi was just as effective as uh, not very really much. Um the problem just seemed to be that we needed to find a way to get Edward into the game. Um and for 75 minutes we couldn't do that. And then we put him up front with somebody for the first time in the match, suddenly he was he was not surrounded by the United players and looked a bit more interested There's, there was actually something for him to chase onto. Um, and I think that made a, I, I think that made a
0: far bigger difference than, than the, the straight swap away in the I think I think one Dundee United deserve a lot of credit in kind of stuffing out what Celtic were trying to do. I think or what Lennon wanted them to do in terms of the set, setting up the situation. I think, as I mentioned before, um, they seem to be keen to press on uh, Julian and when you've got that kind of him passing back to the keeper more than he usually does and not finding the passes that he usually finds, once you start picking that kind of hole in the team, then a few other things start to get misplaced as well. I think Celtic should, and I think proved that they can play with two up front. I think Ajete did really well keeping that ball alive. A lot of players might have just not been up for that header or won that header or been really positive in, in their play or go up and winning that header. Edouard then had it onto the ball. and it, it, the, the finish was a wee bit lucky in terms of it went through a few players, but you, know, you need, to, need that luck with goals anyway. Um, I think sometimes, again, when you're talking about certain players... Performances. When it comes to um, fans understanding things, I think sometimes fans are a wee bit too smart on occasions. But you talk about Christie, you look at Christie and you think, "Oh, why is he having these shots? Because he had a few good shots."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, that's and I think reason- that
2: was probably a key point. Is that the the the, the I don't mind Ryan Christie having shots and long range when there's a tightly organised defence in front of you and the shots that he's having are actually hitting the target. It's not that Ryan Christie was taking shots and blazed over a bar or going wide. They keep him saving
0: them. Exactly. And if, if you've ever played football, you know yourself how confident you get if you have a good shot to begin the yeah. game with. And then you'll have a couple, of, a couple of more chances and people go, oh, well, he, you know, he's, uh, he's not thought through what he's meant to be doing and passing the ball and things like that. He's Instead, you know... He, He's, he should be passing rather than, and you're like, well, that's not how you work. That's not how his make your as a footballer your mind works. Sometimes, sometimes you just think, well, actually, I've got my shot in here. I, I know how I, you know I feel good about taking a shot on. Um, I thought that the United were really good at defending crosses. Um, I thought that was part of the reason why I think that the, the wide men didn't really do as much was because they didn't have much success with their their crossing. I thought Connolly and Reynolds did really do well defensively clearing those chances away. I thought Connolly, how he never got a yellow card in that game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's beyond me. Uh, It was just persistent foul. He, He came in late three or four times in people players, I think. Um, yeah, there, there was nothing malicious from Connolly no. at any point. It was just
2: the frequency of them, the, the problem. <laughs> and it was um, all, it was all I, the same film. Yeah, it was like, towards the end of the first half, it had like four or five of them, and it was only then he got a talking to. Talk I don't think he actually got booked in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, yet like, there was people saying that like, uh, McGregor had one fill, and it was a yellow card, but then it was a yellow card film as opposed yeah. to the, the niggly bub- that corner was doing, but he should have been booked for the persistency. But I, I don't think you can compare those particular stats, but um, uh, um uh, for all Dundee United were able to defend some of the set of pieces well. I think a lot of it was due to the fact that our delivery from Corners was shocking when they um I, 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 for all Christie was doing well with the, the the shots that he was having for all the his corners were
0: appalling. I was talking more from open play. When it got to the winds, yeah. they started crossing in. They, they were getting themselves in front of them and clearing them. And they were making sure they were first to the ball. Um, unfortunately, until uh, the secret save was headed back in by um Again, I think Dundee United have been the team that I've enjoyed watching them the most uh, so far this season. They really seem to have clicked with Mickey Mellon in charge. Um I like the look of, uh, is it Luke Bolton? Is that his first name? Yeah, the boy from Man City. Yeah, the boy from Man City. He's he's not going to be a Man City player, but he's certainly got something about him. He's got good pace. He's energetic. He's composed when he's got the ball. He seems to keep the ball um, with his passing. So I'll be interested to see him develop as the season goes on. Um so I feel So t- like Dundee United right, haven't picked up enough points though. No. Like, for, for all they've played quite well that
2: they've,
1: they've I mean they've got seven points at the first five games, but it feels like they should have had more. I think the is- building thing they at the moment whereby they're getting their style of play sorted out, you've got to consider as well Shanklin's been missing, so they've had their top yeah. goalscorer from last season not involved. Maybe we've been chopping and changing, trying to find out what works up front without him. So I think they're still young, he's playing.
2: Um, what, what what I mean by that is I, I, it feels like what we've seen from them so far should have given them more points on the board and I agree that they're still building towards something they've still got Shank when they come back in I think that's all valid points but it just feels like, like they've, they've maybe dropped like, they've, they've maybe lost where they probably should have drawn or maybe drawn where they should have won in a couple of the games already
1: it's, I, it's unfortunate against Tibbs I think yeah Not to that, that's, that's the one that's
0: sticking out to it yeah I think also that one of the things is they're still quite a young team and to to make this step up I think it's better to probably get performances than doing what Hibs and Aberdeen have done which is grind out results um, because once you start getting the performance right and start getting, you, you start learning what your manager wants you, you start defensively, you're positioned well you're attacking teams as well because you, you see... Like Livingston against Rangers, just defended really um, for the full ninety. I think for the first half, Dundee United did try when they could to attack Celtic. It was very less evident in the second half. I think Celtic did start thinking, right, we need to to get a goal here, and it stepped up a gear in that aspect. So, I, but I think you know if you're if you're looking at it, I would like the performances to be there too, so that the young players know can actually compete at this level. And I think if you keep on doing that.
2: I think that's a fine line, though, between, yes, we can compete and we're doing our best and we're still losing. So I think, yeah, they have to get the performances, yeah, but then they start they have to start getting the results to follow on pretty quickly thereafter. So if they don't guess. start getting the results for putting in the good performances, then that the heads might go
0: down. But I think they are getting the points. You know, they are fifth in the league. They have picked up, yeah. you know, if you look at Livingston, Motherbell, um and Kilmarnock, you know, They've they've not got points. Livingston and Kilmarnock especially, have still done all right, but haven't picked up points. So, um, so I think I think when Shacklin comes back, I think they probably need another win under their belt, and that you know I, I don't I don't see them being much problem this this season. Well,
1: they're going to just- Kilmarnock
0: on Saturday, so I think that might be a,
2: a good indicator of how, how they're getting on. I know
1: they the plastic to contain must, but if they can handle that, it be, they, they, they might be good to get a win there. Yeah, we should probably move on talking about plastic batteries. Livingston continued their inability to win in grass a year since they won in, in grass. Thankfully, I was delighted it continued yesterday um, against Aberdeen, obviously. So as expected, Aberdeen yesterday there was a few changes that I was discussing with our mates. We thought there'd be a few changes with regards to be played on Thursday. So there was five changes. Um, McGinn and Campbell, I think, must both be, well, they both dropped out completely. McGinn injured. Campbell, strangely, was warming up a scene during the game, but he wasn't in the squad. Um, the other situation was Craig Bryson seems to have picked up another knock because he was in the squad originally and then had to drop out and then Curtis Menor was in the squad who's been out injured as well. So, touch on to Ronell about McCrory. McCrory played, again, a different position. Um, McKenna came back in with that and better performance certainly than on Thursday Uh, I would say first half though there was elements of us being a wee bit off the pace inviting pressure on from Livingston which was a wee bit worrying at times um, because I felt Lovie were getting the better of the first half however second half much improved performance made a couple of changes surprisingly McKenna went off I don't know if it was an injury or if it was tactically I think he was um, ill. I think that somebody Ill. reported he was ill, yeah. Um, but it worked out all right for us because Oyo came in. Um, he's come under a wee bit of criticism for the early games, much as we've not played that many games. He came in. There was a wee bit more balance to midfield. Freed up Ferguson to get a wee bit further forward. We just looked like a better team. We started getting a wee bit of possession. Hedges and Kennedy started looking a bit more positive And again, um, We'll come on to the first goal, but the second goal hedges again, just showing positivity being patient as well with his build-up and the wee, well I don't know if you can call that a 1-2, it's a, a double 1-2. 1-2-3-4 one, I think 1-2-3-4, aye <laughs> um, Aye, nice interchange anyway with Scott Knight um, another player who like Tommy Holbin that we had playing on Thursdays come in from a, a long injury and, and doing well, he's, he's good as a number 10 because I feel in the half turn he's pretty good. He can go either way, left or right. He's got goals in him, certainly. So hopefully he can get a wee run of games and show what he can do. Um, the other thing as well, which was big from our point of view, was we get the signing of Marley Watkins. Obviously, he's be in the known more as an attacking midfielder. But we are playing him as a striker initially. I thought he really, he did well. Ran the lightning well. Linked up play. We weren't always... Having to go long, we were able to go in behind a few times as well. So he looks like a good addition. I'll be interested to see when our strikers are fit again. Will he play maybe as a number 10 for us? Um, which is always an option. And could give us a wee bit of maybe creativity. And yeah, all, all good. Lewis Ferguson again. Uh, he got man of the match. Stepped up, hit a penalty. Which he won as well. So, aye, all good. A lot better than Thursday. Um, Joe,
0: do you think part of the the reason it was it went well in the end was because of Livingston's mistakes, kind of invited to, you, you know, the penalty was a ridiculous kind of stupid challenge. It was caught the wrong side, and you know, brought Ferguson down. Ferguson it in the
1: second half. It helped scoring early in the second half. So there's been see, a binary arch in there from the first half performance, I think, but so just got... Helped.
0: So, so, you've got you, you know, he took he penalties took well, but but you've kind of got right, okay. That that gives them the impetus now. The second goal was terrific, um, but again, they could have probably done something a bit more. I, mean, I can see why at the end of the game Gary Holt was angry at his team because they kind of invited Aberdeen back in, not back into the game, but into a leading position. Aberdeen then didn't seem to to be able to lose um Livingston's goal was very good as well um down that right wing um fit really nice bit of skill very good cross Pittman couldn't <coughs> couldn't miss sorry <coughs> but um again it's about getting the results and if you're still waiting for players to come back and you're still Getting to grips with fitness, I think Aberdeen will be happy with the, the two wins and the
1: drought. Yeah, I think, in, I think something about Aberdeen you know, and it was something that was evident last season is we do struggle until we score. Once we score, it seems to be like, okay, we've scored, now we can play a wee bit of football and not set off teams. So that, that's how it, it helped. Um, and again, we're a wee bit behind in terms of other teams playing games. So that probably does play a factor to come into play a wee bit. Um, but yeah, aside from the Rangers game, we picked up two wins and aye, things are, are pretty good and sometimes it's a sign of a good team when you're not you're worried and not playing particularly well. We, we, we can grind out results so hopefully the performances then start coming and I think once we've got a, maybe a bit more of a settled squad, everyone's got, more players are fit, you can then get a better identity in terms of going, right, this is my first 11 and that's something when McKenna's first came in, you knew roughly what his first 11 was. That wasn't the case last season. It's obviously not been the case this season, but that's due to other factors in terms of injuries. So once we get everyone settled and you have identity as well, um, that will help us going forward as well. Big game against Dibs at the weekend. Um, and we've got an all right record against Dibs, Um So that could
0: be good. <laughs> it's going to be the battle of the teams that are probably not performing well,
1: but picking up results. Aye. And uh, they're factor as well for Hibbs as I think Nesbitt might miss the game again as well. I think he's doubtful for next weekend. So, uh, it'll be a good contest. And the, the target from uh, McInnes after the Rangers game was us to go unbeaten before the international break and get three wins. So, we're on course for that. Do you think
2: there was an element of luck in the game? Because I think what, what, what you, you say, well, obviously, Paul, probably kicking himself, um, given that they, they considered... He had two goals he probably should have done better with but I think he had a few chances himself that maybe could have done better with and then there was the incident at the end with the possible handball for Logan
1: There was the, I think probably The one camera one can't, can't was tell us, it was, Would any help us because Matty Kennedy twice was delayed and that caused them to get chances the penalty incident you can't tell because I don't think we get the camera angles to see whether Logan did handle it no. or not No uh, but I think the balance of probability it won't like a penalty to me Aye, but you can't you can't give a penalty in probability. So aye, um, aye, Livy were all right. I think Levy offered a wee bit more than what they usually do. They're always resolute, you know. You're, they're going to be tough to play against, but I think they are. They are offering a wee bit more going forward, um, and maybe they also be helped a wee bit by the fact that Dykes is away in terms of all when they're still gonna play a wee bit. Maybe. Um, I think we did enough to get the win. Just, just. Yeah, well. Like The one thing that did frustrate me, and it frustrates most Aberdeen fans, is once we went 2-0 up, and then we take off right and bring up my to try and make it a bit more tight in midfield. But as I think, at 2-0, we had started playing a wee bit better. Why not go on and try and win the game by a wee bit more, as opposed to being trying to just maintain what you've got? I would
0: be a bit more disappointed, though, to maintain what you've got, but the fact that that didn't actually work. No, which so inevitably
1: is what happens when you you try and tighten up. I think you invite pressure onto you.
0: I think it depends on the personnel and how you, how you actually train for that situation. If you if you're not fully trained and tuned into that that situation, then yeah, it, it will. It causes a kind of distraction to the team that wasn't there beforehand. They knew what they were doing and it was working. Um, so that would be down to to McInnes and his coaching team if they've not put put that into the team beforehand. That this is was, was always what's going to happen. And this is what happens if we if we go a couple of goals up, we're going to change it. We're going to make it more solid um, because we want to keep a clean sheet. And if 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 that's not been well trained, and drilled into them, then
1: yeah, it's going to cause a distraction. I'd say aye, I'd say it probably drilled into them. Whether it's just that. The players are not capable of following the instructions. Is maybe another story because that's something we do. We do have a habit of. I'd rather try and go as I say and kill it off teams a wee bit more. And McInnes has got different ideas on that. I think. No, it was interesting in the commentary. Um, Andy Contadine was doing the commentary, and he was a bit frustrated by it as well. He was like, "Oh, Scott Wright was doing well. Like, why not try and again go and score a few more goals?" So. But
0: then, is McInnes not seeing that this isn't working? In- not being
1: able to then just go, around, okay, we'll, we'll see it through. We won the game. That's how I'm going to probably be. If we won the game and it, it, it didn't work out in the end. Um, and generally, overall, we do win more than we lose. It's, but at the that, same token,
0: if you're conceding goals in that in that time frame, you know what I mean. It, it, it's surely identifiable if that's what's happening. If you're winning the game comfortably and then you you see out the game. By a goal, then surely go well. Let's try and
1: see if we can see it out comfortably. I think yeah, I think you'll probably look at the fact that um, it was individual errors okay, in a day, basically.
0: I'm trying to help you That's out here, John. It, I know. You're, you're the one that said it originally, <laughs> and then I try to back you up, and now you're saying, "Oh, well, actually." So I'm not going it to. Do individual that, errors
1: too. different from the team following in
0: <laughs> and it be been drilled into them. You
1: said originally that it was all because you changed the setup of the team. Well, the setup of the team is getting changed all over the place, so constantly. We've played, we've played. I don't know how many different formations over the last couple of games.
0: All I'm saying is, I'm not going to help you out again.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> understand. Should we got one, one more game then. Is it St Johnston
2: Hibs? Yes. Yeah, and for all I was claiming that might have been lucky. Hibbs were definitely lucky in this game. So Joyston, not that, that Hibbs' goal wasn't apparently. I think that's spot on. I like was clumsy and the shots has been pulled and I, I think that, that that's a right call. But I think St. Jules didn't want up in this game. That yeah. was never off It wasn't even close.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how... Because I, I looked at it... And it I, I looked at it my phone and I was like... Originally, and I was like, "That definitely looks onside." I don't, I don't get it. And then I, I looked on Twitter to see to see the reaction from other people that had seen it, and it was a hundred percent onside. And you know, most people were, were dumbfounded by it. Um, the penalty again—I'm not sure the TV cameras give us enough to to say one hundred percent. But I can see it being given. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't. Be mourning about it. If it happened to my team, I'd be slightly uh, more inclined to say it by defenders not to touch people and not to pull people and whatever. It it could have been a bit of.
2: There's definitely one camera angle shows the shot being clearly pulled.
0: So So that's amazing. So there you go. But Joyston did look more confident, I thought. Um, Yeah. I think they they looked a bit nervy the first couple of games. I think they looked more confident to where. Producing some good football at times. I liked uh, McNamara on the the, is it the right wing back? I think it was, Hi. he looked, he on he looked positive. Middle, I think. Yeah, he's on he's on loan, so I, I think he looked um, a, a good player, um, a good outlet in, 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 in the wing back position. Um, Hibs, though, again, if you're grinding out results, you you're not. I don't know. Are you overly worried about performances? Um, they're still doing okay. They're still creating chances, even even though we think there's another level to Hibs. So they were still creating chances. not clear cut, maybe, as they have in in the past. Um, but yeah, I think I think they were very lucky to be in a position that they kept a clean sheet and managed to get all three points. I think that that was a hundred percent a goal from my, from my view. Yeah, I was reading a stat where it said it's the best start to a top-flight
2: season, since just 2000-2001. 13 points out of 15 is not a bad
0: start at all. Right. No, I, I saw somebody was kind of moaning. I think Sky were kind of saying how Rangers had started the season well and that Celtic were, were going to have to chase them. And Celtic had started well in terms of the same amount of points. Although they not played the same amount of games, you know, kind of, you know points points per game kind of ratio, but didn't give the same credit to Hibs, who have done the exact same thing. So mm-hmm. Sky can kind of, I think Sky have improved, but they can continue to improve by actually looking and going, well, let's give props when they're due. Hibs have started the season really well in
1: terms of points. Hibs will maybe like it in, a way been in terms of being under the radar a wee bit. Just effect, quietly, effectively go about our business. Possible.
2: Yeah. Uh, but maybe Sky are just in a huff because the uh, the T V games haven't exactly gone to <laughs> plan. Oh that's
1: a a <laughs> I, I I, I, tire.
2: I had the calculator out yesterday after the game. Um so the the there appears to be of the the ten games that Sky have shown so far, they've had fourteen goals. So there's a one point four goals per game uh with Sky. And that is massively skewed by the fact they showed the five one game that set won in the opening uh, weekend. Yeah. If it didn't, wasn't for that you would be point eight nine. Of our goal per game, once guy a moment.
0: I watched the the Rangers the Livingston Rangers game and the Dundee United Celtic game, and really enjoyed both games. So uh, it doesn't have to be goal goal thrills. Um, some of the games, I mean, the Motherwell Hibs one kind of bored me to, to tears a bit. So I don't know. I I, that one. <laughs> I think as long as teams are doing something tactically and they're doing something. Well, I, I can watch a game, and if a team's defending really well, I can appreciate that. Um, but I think I, I think a lot of fans just want to see goals. Um, at the end of the day, and I don't blame them. I, mean, I would I, I like seeing goals myself. Um, but I, I, those two games in particular that stand out. Uh, were actually very good games, even though we didn't see a lot of goals. Um, and it's not as if. The other games are producing a lot of goals either, you know, and, and this weekend, especially, you know, you're looking at it and, you know, Rangers scored two. Did anybody else, I suppose, one each? You know, and there wasn't, uh, Aberdeen scored two. So that's probably the high scoring game, wasn't it? 2 1, uh, Aberdeen Livingston. So, you know, I think teams are still getting used to each other, and I think I think I have been really impressed with how compact teams have been, how diligent they've been defensively, and it's not just against the, the Rangers and Celtic; it's it's all across the board. They've done well in pos- A lot of teams that are well in possession, and that's why they're not conceding because they're actually have improved defensively. So I'm going to go and.
2: Repay the favour, uh, so so Grant Campbell, former guest on this podcast, wrote up his blog at the weekend and used my stat about Sky. Um, so I'm not going to borrow his other one because he said we've seen 27 games so far. Can put it in the top flight and just 11 of these seen over two and a half goals. Even more interesting is that 15 of these first 27 games has been won by the odd goal, either one or two one. Furthermore, Hibs who won four-one at Livingston and Celtic back five-one at the open weekend are the only teams so far that have scored more than three goals in a single match. Although Rangers did win three against Martin Lance Saint Johnson. So yeah, there's just there isn't goals in many games at all at the moment. Um, so it's Sky. I've just been slightly unlucky, but only slightly, because
1: you get pick just about any game in okay, okay, the Champions League final last, year, last night though, that was built up as there going to be this high scoring contest which I couldn't understand because I they both scored a lot of goals but neither of them conceded many.
0: and on occasions like that you usually find that teams are very nervous um, you know they, they're too nervous in terms of they, they don't want to lose so they don't go all out to win because they're scared that they, to, to lose it so yeah, again, goal, I think goals will come, um, but I've, I'd be more inclined to accentuate the positives and say that teams have done well defensively and have done well in possession. So it doesn't. I'm not bothered too much about the, the lack of goals or the lack of thrashings that people seem to
1: want. Yeah, American football, is like defence is on top just now.
2: And you're right about the nervousness of finals, um it's been seen so many times before. I mean, obviously, people were expecting a lot after Barcelona got thrashed 8 2 uh, by Munich. But if you go back to when Germany won the World Cup in Brazil and they thrashed Brazil in the semi final, the final was dire. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I was annoyed though that I never put a bet on Coleman to score first because I said before the game to oh boy, I said it wouldn't surprise me. He's going to the, the team, he used to also play with PSG. Amount of time that happened scoring against an old club and I scored. And I reckon he'd have been quite good odds as because well, he's not a proven goal scorer. He's not was, been he's not been in the team for, for a few weeks either. I I because he came in for Perisic. Yeah. So it was either gonna be him or the other one was a uh, one Bernard. he be speak for Bayern. So
2: well, I wish I'd put a better name mark, right?
1: Eh? <laughs> that <laughs> was uh, <drool. laughs> usually at this point I would say is there anything else we want to discuss but we're in danger of being the longest podcast in the world Jesus. so <laughs> I don't think there's much to talk about this weekend well it's just the thing is as well there was only like one set of fixtures apart from the, the Aberdeen St. John game so whereas last week we had a double set of fixtures and managed to I think talk for less maybe, maybe borderline between the two but yeah we should probably wrap it for this week yeah I th- I think
2: I, I do want to say if it wasn't for Lauren Wade's goal <laughs> against Foolsburg
1: I would probably give him pick it out to the one 2 4 in the upper game but yeah. no it's not it's, it's Lawrence <laughs> yeah Lauren Wade and then we have now started the, the Retro Tate Award Yeah, so so right,
2: the man himself obviously <laughs> <all ends.
1: laughs> so he, he wins which he's doing well but I cheers guys again and we shall talk next week cheers yep, cheers